Welcome to the Whiskey Warehouse Podcast. Hey guys, uh, today we have a special guest, uh, my brother Alex Johnson. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, definitely. So today we're going to be discussing Buffalo Trace, uh, one of the uh, best uh, bourbons to have on your shelf. Most award-winning bourbon distillery and in also, the world. Yeah, and also the most um, continually um, operated distillery in the country. Uh, let's see here. So what do we know about the trace? I kind of just told you what I knew. What do you know about Buffalo Trace, Alex? Um, like you said, I think it's very old. I think it's uh, they've been producing it as long as America's been around, right? 1775. So it says uh, on the label. Yeah, I think so. They were, I mean, they were operating well in um, Prohibition, too, as uh, medicinal whiskey. Mm, a little loophole there. Oh, yes. They were like, I think they were one of like only three distilleries that were still operational during that time. Wasn't Jim Beam one of those? I believe so. Yeah, I knew that. Built in uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, 1792. So it's been around a while. It's changed names several times, too, I think. Absolutely. Let's see if we can find that type of stuff here. Several names, including George T. Stagg Distillery and the Old Fashioned Copper Distillery. Its name take its namesake bourbon brand, Buffalo Trace Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, was introduced in August 1999. Mm. Not too old. Not the Buffalo Trace side of it, but I mean, right. Just I mean, the actual Buffalo Trace whiskey. Yep. And then Sazerac produced or purchased the company in 1992. So Sazerac has had it as long as we've been alive, Nick. Right. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So, um, do you guys have your whiskey beside you? I do. I have a pour in front of me. I just poured. I think I heard it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I was like, blub, blub, blub. I wonder if my noise cancellation suppression is on. It is. That's awesome. Good. Good shit. I'm kind of excited to kind of dissect this because we haven't really, like... This isn't a very complex bourbon, but it is very good. And I think the last time we really dove into it was our review on it. I mean, I it's a great starter bourbon as far as like complexity goes. I think it's it's probably like the best one to be like, hey, try this out and you'll probably like this. And then that's like this is basically what you take off from. <laughs> So I've been meaning to ask, Alice, what's your uh, what's your kind of experience with whiskey? So um, I kind of go back and forth because, like, I've had some rough nights where I drank too much whiskey, and uh, it kind of turned me off of it for a while. Right. But uh, I keep going back and forth because, like, hanging out with you guys, I mean, obviously I've tried stuff that I wouldn't uh, otherwise try. So it's kind of opened up my mind to a lot of things, and I've grown to appreciate it. I mean, just like 
taking it easy. Like I used to just like, like ancient age was like my shit when I was like, just turned 21. I just get a, bot a big bottle of ancient age and me and Th my friend Thomas would, that would be our, uh, that would be our move. And, I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we would just have just, just two, yeah, bad hangovers. And I just was like, I'm never drinking whiskey again. And then, uh, I always go back to it. I do like it. I really do. I, there... I, I don't really drink any other liquors. And if I'm drinking, I'm usually just drinking beer. Right. Kind of there with you. Is there one specifically a kind of whiskey that you kind of lean towards? Um, like, a, like a bourbon, Irish whiskey, whatever. Um, I Basil Hayden is like kind of a go-to. It's readily available at my local local store. So um, that's really good. I mean, uh, my fiance's dad always has that handy um, whenever we go over there. And my fiance Morgan really likes it too. So uh, definitely, definitely that one is a go-to, Basil Hayden. It's just... It's 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 uh easy to find and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's always readily available. I'm I'm kind of hesitant to buy it because it's a little steep, Brady proof. But and if you like it, you like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, my liquor store is not like Bourbon Central. It's just got some basic stuff, um, but it's right up the road, and they always have that. And like they don't really have anything else too crazy. Uh, that i recognize so right. maybe maybe once i get more into it i'll i'll have a better eye for it right that's what i was about to say once you like kind of familiar yourself with different bottles different brands you'll kind of know what to look for like all these bottles that dylan just put pulled up on the screen just about every one of them are rare whiskeys Yeah, all, all the bottles except for like Benchmark Eight and uh, Eagle Rare. I mean, Eagle Rare is a little, a little bit hard to get, but I think if you look enough, you'll be able to get it. Um, Buffalo Trace obviously kind of has an issue with even keeping that around, and then E.H. Uh, e. Taylor and stuff like that. That's kind of a hard one too. Um, even though we can get that down at the distillery. Yeah, yeah. Drive all the way down there to get it. You're not always guaranteed it either. That's kind of like it's kind of sucks. Well, and then the distillery they only put out Buffalo Trace, uh, E. H. Taylor, Blanton's, and uh, did I say Eagle Rare? Uh, they don't put anything else out though. Like you would think that if you went down there, that you should be able to get like some Elmer T. Lee or something like that, or maybe even like some Stag Junior. But nope, not no, a. I asked one of the workers that went went there for the first time for I think I think it might have been Stag Junior and they were like <laughs> I wish <laughs> yeah because they don't get it either no and they also have all the Wellers Alex I don't know if you knew that they own Weller too okay this hasn't been updated so it's like these three here are Weller and then this is W L Weller uh, which is like a freaking super unicorn. Yeah, and they also have the Pappies. You should, I'm probably you probably heard of the Pappies, right, Alex? Yeah, that's like the most coveted bottle of bourbon there is, right? Can't right. There's, anywhere. there's they have five five bottles. Can you read them, Dylan? I can't read. Can't 
can't see that far. For the pappies? Yeah. Where, where does that uh, I know that the like this one right here on the end, this is their tenure. And then this should be like this is twelve. That should be fifteen, twenty, and like twenty-five or something like that. I think it's twenty-three. Yeah, I think you're right. It's twenty-three. So that's right. like the oldest one right there. So it's kind of weird, like they have it out of order, but whatever. I know it's bizarre. Then they got like this stuff too with the Bowman brothers, which we can't get in Ohio. I think we have to go to Kentucky to get that, and that's yeah, pretty yeah, decent. I've seen it at the party source. I think they have a few of them. I just had the Bowman brothers. I know there's John J. Bowman. There's, uh, I think, yeah, there's like four, four or five. So I just took my first sip of Buffalo Trace. Okay. Um, I would say vanilla caramel and uh, nice, nice bit of oak right on the front. Definitely oak, yeah. Super tasty. It is good. You know something I get on this that I haven't gotten before is mint. Yeah, I can see that. And then, you know, your typical bourbon oats, vanilla, caramel, maybe some honey. And kind of like a fruity sweetness. Aged between at least eight years. Eight to ten years. Usually oh. nine and a half. I thought it was six to eight. Oh, it says right here. Eight years. That's that's a lot of age, man. For a 25-year-old bottle. Or a $25 bottle. 25-year-old. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this thing <laughs> would be rough. <laughs> yeah. Do they have brown sugar, vanilla, and toffee? Okay. And that's coming from the, the oh that's breaking bourbon. Okay. Yeah. This is our this is our favorite review source, right? Besides yeah. Elves. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got everything though, man. Uh I just saw that they are reviewing those uh the beers that are aged in uh in different bourbon country or bourbon county uh barrels. Oh yeah. So, so we should be able to start seeing those pretty soon. This they give it kind of a fair shake, I guess. Three. That, that's about what I would give it. I give uh, it like a, like a three. Well, three they gave five or something. But they gave uh, the barrel proof of Elijah Craig that you okay. had a three, and there's a huge, like, considerable difference between the two. Like, the barrel yeah. proofs are super good, and then like this, I if I had to go off from that, it would be down to like maybe a two, maybe like a one and a half. In comparison, well, I think I don't think they do it in comparison. They just, you know, dive into it and see like what their impression is of it. Yeah, because if you compare this to, I don't know, uh, smoke wagon, it'd probably be like a one. Yeah, I mean, I do like the fact that they're like, hey, it's the value is like a three and a half, and then the uniqueness, eh, it's not very unique. It's like middle of the road. And then they're like, oh, yeah, the rest are, like, pretty up there. So, I mean, I guess if you were going off from that, like, I would be interested to see what they're putting other bourbons that we really, really like at that are super cheap. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but if you listen to our podcast or watch our show, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Alex is actually all cut up. 
Yeah, I, I, I caught up. I listened to them all over the weekend. Good stuff. There you go. Yeah. So, so what, what, one question I have about Buffalo Trace, um, it's notoriously difficult to find in our area, at least in Cincinnati. Why is that? The demand. It's yeah, the, super high demand. Yeah, especially yeah. like in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana, uh, bourbon is on fire. And specifically, it's like people want the stuff that's coming out of Buffalo Trace because everybody around here knows about the heist that happened with like the Van Winkle bourbons. And they know that Van Winkle is produced by uh, the Buffalo Trace companies. So is there like some big conspiracy or something? Why don't you uh, tell the story, Dylan? Oh, man. Uh, So I can't remember exactly when this happened. I think it was like 2005. They still haven't recovered from it. Let's see here. Are you pulling it up? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. (laughs) Literally a heist. (laughs) Yeah. So this guy that worked for Buffalo Trace, he freaking uh, stole barrels and barrels and barrels of freaking Pappy Van Winkle. My God. So look at all this here. Was this it, is freaking was it very rare at that point? Or no, it was that? pretty it was pretty available at the time. Damn. But he started he, he knew that it was expensive to get. Uh so he started freaking t- stealing it from the uh distillery. Seven to eight thousand cases. Jesus. So that the whole thing with like the Pappy stuff has been like that they haven't been able to keep up with demand because they haven't recovered yet from the stuff that happened in 2013. I think we should just take a couple years off and just store it. Yeah. Will they ever recover? Or is it just like it's just going to be rare? I mean, they said that they're trying to push more out. Here's the thing that Nick and I have talked about, which is the fact that Buffalo Trace is like, oh yeah, we're going to push more out. Well, people are going to continue to buy it until like it's super available. And even then, like it's going to take forever for the supply to catch up because people are going to continue to buy in bulk. Now, if you're going to say that you're going to start distributing more, I think that you wait and you hold back as much as you can, and then you just release it and it floods. So that way somebody can't go out and buy 16 bottles of freaking EH Taylor or like Eagle rare or whatever. like, it would just be in demand. Like, a store would get like a hundred bottles of it. Instead of one case a month. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, I think that would be the best way to do it. You just straight up flood the market with the stuff that people have been wanting. And then and you go for the hype there. will die, yeah. Yeah. Cause you look at this dude's ugly <laughs> there's actually a documentary about this coming out on netflix very soon i can't remember oh. when it's happening but it, it, they're gonna talk with this dude and be like wouldn't you do it too if you had access to this shit did they uh, recover all the barrels it's a lot no they're still missing some oh he sold a lot of it he was making very a lot good. of money off from it i mean i don't if I worked down there, I'd do like everything that I could. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'd do everything that I could to just kind of make sure that I was on my best behavior, or at least if they offered like some bottles, I would make sure that I was doing okay. You know, 
Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I was reading about this dude's nipples. <laughs> His nipples? Yeah. <laughs> What? I was talking about steroids, and then it said something about his nipples got hard or something like that. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Oh, it was the first thing I saw. I was like, what the fuck is that? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Isn't that when your nipples get really hard and start leaking? <laughs> Does that have anything to do with the article? Or is that just some random shit? Uh, I don't know. It says something about the. Like, this these, is all part of it, I'm pretty sure, unless I scrolled too far now. <laughs> these news sites are just filled with ads and, like, click No, nope, it's, it's part of it. Meet your ring later. Gilbert Toby Kurtzinger, 45, senior employee of Buffalo Trace Distillery. I wonder if Freddy was part of this. You know, like, they just can't get rid of Freddy because he's third generation. Freddy's a <laughs> fucking legend. <laughs> he's got more professionalism than that. Nick, I what? was so in my bourbon groups that I'm in, right? Someone was saying that they did a tour with Freddie and yeah. he just took a bottle of freaking uh Pappy 23 out of the vault and just opened it and started sharing it with everybody. What? And he said, What are they gonna do? Fire me? Oh my god, <laughs> when we went there, didn't Freddie give us a tour? Uh, no, we had some old white dude. I thought I thought we had like a thought it was him. No, we didn't have Freddie, that would have been cool though. We had some gray-haired white dude. Okay. We need to get on the Freddy tour. We do. <laughs> Apparently, like, he does stuff that's straight up off the wall in almost every tour that he gives is legendary, so. Hey, I wonder if we can request them. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. You cannot. It has to be uh, luck of the draw. We we'll should sign up for tours for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. Hey, it's me. Just the drive. I guess we're kind of lucky, though. A lot of people are like, you know, many hours away, and we're like, you know, couple, like two hours away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that sucks about that is it's a two hour round trip, <laughs> or t- two hours down there, two hours back. So four hours of your day is spent driving. So yeah, but get... we could live in like Colorado, and we could never like come to Kentucky ever unless we made like a trip out of it. For sure, I'm kind of lucky. Uh, Alex, yes, can you tell our listeners what you do? So my day job, I am a insurance broker, health insurance. Very exciting. Um. And then I have a side job where I, I work for Curated, which is a website. Uh, I'm a, quote, fishing expert, fishing expert. Um, people come to the site. They want fishing gear. I ask them questions. And I curate a list of recommendations of gear. And if they buy, which they it's hard to get them to buy because you got a lot of competitors. but um i get a commission um i've also written a couple articles for them that have been posted on the site fishing related so that's pretty cool because uh, that's like that's like my passion like um what i like to do in my free time kind of an outdoorsman i like to fish and hunt and do all that kind of stuff so and uh when's the last time you went fishing 
Uh, it's been a minute. I haven't uh, been super motivated lately because it's been so hot. Uh, but I think not last weekend, but the weekend before. Yeah, I went to the Little Miami, caught a gar. That's all. That's all. Nice. Yeah, name of it. Yeah, I have a picture of it on my Instagram. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I literally was I was fishing for smallmouth. Uh, like I usually do on the little Miami, because it, it can be productive for that. And that's one of my favorite fish to catch. Um, just throwing like a twister tail grub, pretty simple lure. And uh, I saw this, I was reeling in, it was like a couple feet from the bank. And just this long shape is following. And I'm like, oh God, that's a gar. So I'm like, all right, let's see if he'll bite it. And like, I twitched it. And this is literally a foot from the bank. It's a rocky bank. And sure enough, he bit it. And I just like took the end of the rod and just like moved him over to the bank. And he was not happy. He was flopping all over the place. But it was probably my personal best gar. Awesome, man. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either, though. They're not, they're not easy to catch. I've never caught them on purpose. They have a really bony mouth. So you can't, it's not that easy to get a hook into them. And they're, they usually they're... tear through the hook or. Uh, they can tear through your leader, uh, your line, because they have so many teeth. Um, but they just their mouth is so bony. They're literally a dinosaur. Like they haven't changed since the dinosaurs. You can look it up. Pretty interesting. And their their body is literally armor. So like it's not like doesn't feel like a fish. Like it's slimy, but like it's literally armor, like a rock. It's like touching a rock. Is it like a like a shark skin or harder than that? Harder than that, yeah. Damn. Like an alligator? So sorta. I mean sorta. I don't know. It's kinda hard to explain. You have to touch it. Isn't that a kind of gar? An alligator gar? Yeah, yeah. that's a type of gar. Yeah. Is that like a bigger it, one? That yeah, they get massive. They're like down in Texas <laughs> and stuff. They used to get them in the lower part of the like you could they historically they were in like Kentucky and stuff, but they've been kind of extirpated because uh, back in the day, they just used to shoot them with rifles, and they just kind of took too many of them, and there's not that many left anymore. But there's quite a sizable population, like down in down in Texas. Yeah, dude, I don't know what's going on with my mic. You still hear it? It comes and goes. I hear have it. an issue with this shit. It's like kind of distracting from from Alex a little bit because it's like it, it's when he's talking, it's like pss, 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 pss. <laughs> dude, it's always something. Damn. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It is what it is. Shit happens. Ah, oh, look at these little fish. Looks yeah, like that was a, it. Was a long nose gar. That's the one that. Uh, like one of these here? Uh, yeah, if it, whatever is a long nose gar. They they take different forms, but that's the one that's common in the, in the little Miami. Okay. Dude, when I was living up in Wisconsin, we would get like, uh, it was gar, and then what's like the huge, massive fucking fish that has like a dolphin nose? Uh Oh, a sturgeon? I think that might be it. Let me see. 
Uh, I don't know. Because they said a, a they said it. Uh, it might have been a muskie. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Is it still good? Because I unplugged the uh, the good mic. I'm just using the mic on my headphones now. I mean, or was it a paddlefish? No, I have no idea, dude. I just know like that it would sit there with its nose out of the water, mm-hmm. and then like they weren't supposed to be. I think it. I think it might have been an alligator gar. It wasn't supposed to be that far up there, uh, but. It was like sticking its nose out of the water. My dad freaking took a uh, boat paddle, tried to like knock it out mm-hmm. by tapping it on the nose or whatever. But it was fucking huge. Like it was probably every bit of like six, seven feet long. It wasn't a carp, was it? No, no, no. Because it like it, an Asian carp. I don't think so. It'd be interesting to see. Those are invasive. Those are invasive. Oh no, no, no! It was nothing like this, man. Like it, okay. it, it would look like it. You got me, man. I don't know. Because when we saw it, like it was like this, like with its okay. nose like that, and then it was just sticking out of the water. And I guess Ooh. their thing is like they'll wait for birds to land in their mouth because the birds think that they're a log, and then they'll just fucking chomp on them. <laughs> So whatever it was, I remember my dad was like, that's not supposed to be here. And it was like, I don't know, it was in the middle of summer. So he might have swam up and was like, fuck you guys. That's interesting. Yeah, it was just like this. Yeah. It's just sitting there with its nose out of the water. And this is in, uh, like, northern Wisconsin. That's wild. Maybe it was a... No, it wasn't a pike. His pikes are just... I mean, gars are... are notoriously aggressive and then like pikes are like i'm pretty sure like way more aggressive yeah they don't have as many teeth they're toothy for sure i've caught i i don't catch them down here because they don't it's the water's too warm down here but i catch them up in michigan yeah yeah we're kind of off topic but you know we're we got alex on here so that's it's part of the plan. It's bound to get around to fish. <laughs> I'm on the. Yeah, you know what goes great with fishing, Alex? Whiskey. Whiskey. A nice glass of Buffalo Trace. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you might not make it back to the truck if you're out on the water with some Buffalo Trace. You might have to sleep out there. <laughs> well, you know, you got all that water around you. Just make sure you hydrate. Right, because that's safe. <laughs> Uh, you know what's crazy is like when you go swimming, you get so much water in your mouth, and like you accidentally swallow some and stuff like that, you're still fine. But like if you, God forbid, you freaking drink out of a stream, <laughs> even just like a little bit, you're fucked. Yeah, it's just kind of like a law of large numbers. Like if you just get a little bit in your mouth, you might get sick. But if you intentionally drink it, you're you're in for you're in for something. Talking about salt water, or just regular lake water. Regular, uh, did, yeah, un, non-potable water. Oh, they know that made you that sick. Oh yeah, yeah. it's, called, it's called beaver fever. Dysentery. Beaver fever. Yeah, beaver fever. They call it beaver fever. 
Uh, it's fucking huh. associated with beaver dams and all their shit that gets in the water. Yeah, it's literally animal shit. Uh, speaking of animal shit, you know, like, I mean, nobody around here knows about, like, uh, Swimmer's Itch, but you guys, I, I'm pretty sure you have, like, an idea about it, right? Swimmer's it's Itch. Like, it's, like a, it's like a Michigan thing. You can't go, like, if you go to, like, a big lake, you can swim in it just fine. But if you go to smaller lakes and they're warm, when you get out, you need to immediately go take a shower because the fecal matter of the geese and snails and all this stuff gets like stuck in the water and gets heated up and causes a really bad reaction in the skin. Oh man, I didn't know that. That's oh, nice dude, I mean, like that the lake that we stay on when we go up to Michigan is in the past has been known notoriously for swimmer's itch, but then the the Michigan DNR started. Uh, coming in and saying like, "Hey, we're going to start doing like a little preservation on this lake and make sure that we're not letting all this stuff build up." So they they go out and clean the lake now. Interesting. I don't think we've really been to like smaller lakes. Whenever we go up to Michigan, we usually in the past swam in Lake Michigan or some other bigger lake. Gull Lake. I mean, I don't know if that has any issues. Yeah, it's a pretty big lake, though. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what the lake that Nick said you guys stayed on that one year was in Traverse City. It was like around there. Yeah. Oh, what was that called? It was like really green. Interlocking. Uh, Isn't that what it was? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like it started with a T. Let's see. Torch? Torch Lake. Yeah, that's it. That's a big lake, though. That's basically Lake Michigan. I mean, it's just connected to Lake Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a pretty fucking lake, dude. Yeah. Uh, where the fuck is Torch Lake? It's up, up north. Oh, right here. Right I there. see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good size one. That's not terrible. No, it's big, man. That is pretty long. I, I don't think that you would get it in there. But, like, this here, Crystal Lake, is where I go. And that's still a pretty big lake, but it gets it really bad. Wow. Uh, let me see here. There is... I think it's this lake here. Don't say the name of it, because it's a freaking honey hole. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. small. Oh, there it is. So, Alex. Oh, I almost went there, man. But the ramp was... No, Nick, enough. shut up. This this is a big deal, okay? I almost went to. Huh? You can read it too. What are you talking about? No, just don't say the name. Yeah, don't spot this is, burn. This, this is a really bad thing. Like, if, if somebody that listens to this is like, oh. hey, I'm going to go to that lake, uh, they'll overfish the lake, and then you'll never be able to get anything. But, Alex, this is where I was talking about. Okay. Where I caught all those freaking fish. Well, I'm pretty sure I tried to go up there when we were up there, I brought my boat, my John boat. Yeah. And you, we tried to launch no, there, but you can't launch a boat. Like it's, it's kayak. It's no wake, no wake. Like you can launch a boat, but you cannot do one. with. Well, I wasn't, on. yeah, I was going to do my electric motor, but I just, did the water was so, remember the water was high everywhere. The boat ramps were like super weird when we were up there that time. You can't go, you can't like go like over like five miles an hour or something. It, you can't have gas in the water. 
it it really? disturbs the ecosystem yeah it's a whole uh, thing yeah it's, I mean, it's really big deal like yeah when i was up there like it was like posted everywhere no wake lake no wake lake so when we got on there like there were some guys that came off and they were like my, my uncle's like how's the fishing they're like oh it was great we were out there for like four hours we didn't catch shit and when we were getting ready to get out uh we started hitting the bluegill like hardcore so it's kind of cool probably have something to do with the ecosystem though since it's like so natural then there's gonna be more fish to catch right yeah well it gets less pressure from other fishermen that that helps too a lot yeah because nobody wants to row around unless you unless you do have a kayak but for the most part like nobody wants to freaking haul a boat because you have to drag it to the land like there's no um what's it called there's no uh alex what's the word i'm thinking of launch yeah there's no launch point you have to just drag your boat right up to the beach and then get in But yeah, we caught a lot of fish up there, and it was it was, su- it was super peaceful, and it was like I I don't think I've been on like a more pretty lake because you're not hearing just the whole time right. that you're 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 driving around up there or whatever. You it's just waves. It's tranquil. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm. This buffalo trace is good. It is good, dude. I'm liking it. I do catch like a little small hint of peanut, but then it goes away. Hmm. A, uh, a whiskey journal. I've been kind of jotting down some notes on stuff that I drink from time to time. The last time I had this, I got rye bread. I'm not getting that now. The last time I had this, we were golfing. <laughs> Is that the outing? Yeah. Damn. I think the last time I had it was you brought it golfing one time, Nick. I forget where oh. we're at. Okay. Maybe we're at that course in Kentucky with Dad. Oh, yeah, because I had it in a flask. Yeah, we wanted some birdie juice. Yeah, and you're like, dude, I, I'm so I suck. I need some beer. I was <laughs> like, here, you you want you want some uh, some birdie juice? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's kind of. Hit or, like with the golf, I either I don't know. I here's the thing: I like drinking beer more than I like golf. So push comes to shove, I'm gonna drink a lot of beers. The way and to do it. It sometimes helps, but probably overall hurts. Because I I played like a, not, I forget when it was not that long ago. I played a nine, the front nine, without any beer, and I did not bad. Like I was like, wow. I don't like suck that bad. It's like, I think I do, but I still suck. But you're on the golf team. You're not bad. No, nah, dude, I was the worst player on the golf team. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Didn't win shit. Alex, I mean, you're miles better than me. Nick had to fix my swing in the middle of, of our, I think it was like hole nine or 10. And he's like, dude, why are you standing like that? Uh, I don't know if it feels comfortable. And he's like, well, that's why you're freaking hooking. <laughs> and it's, it was like almost immediately, like once I fixed my feet, uh, I started driving a little straighter, not straight, straight, but like, but I think I stayed on the, huh? But work has a lot to do with it more than you think. I mean, it was, 
it was wild. Like it, it almost was, it stayed on the course. I'm pretty sure for the rest of the time that we were golfing, but it was, I mean, it was ridiculous. That's why we need to do a practice round before we go to the actual outing this time. Tryouts. Tryouts. <laughs> I'm doing my same team. I think I'm doing Nick, uh, Nick Wright, Biz, and uh, Dad. I okay. asked Dad. I thought he would like because the only reason he was on my team was because I think he didn't have. He was Couldn't counting out. Yeah, he was counting out some other people that didn't make it, and okay. I was like, uh, I don't have. I don't have a, a fourth person. So, and I asked him this year, he's like, he wanted to do, surprisingly, he wanted to do be on my team again, even uh, though like by the, like the, like the 15th hole, I pretty much blacked out. I mean, <laughs> I like, I remember there was one shot. I was like an iron shot. And we, I think we were maybe like 180 in. It was on the, yeah, it was like 15 at, uh, what is that course? Majestic Springs, yeah, yeah, and I just like hit two feet, like I dug a hole in the ground with my iron, like two feet behind the ball, and Dad was just like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> Your dad thing, would have lost his shit if he would have seen the the things that Nick was doing. <laughs> oh, you guys, I know you guys got even rowdier than he did. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, it got terrible at the end. I won't talk about it because I'm pretty sure your dad like might. End up listening to the podcast. He ain't gonna listen to this. Alex, Nick mm. drove on the green. <laughs> oh my god, that's really bad. I've 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 done some bad stuff on the golf course. <laughs> it was I've just it barely, it. I barely did. Like Come on, Nick, you were like three feet in. What are you talking about? No, I was like the corner of it. <laughs> uh, that's a little egregious. Was, I, yeah, I told Nick I was like, "You're done." <laughs> he he was getting a little wild out there. We were just <laughs> hitting the, we were just hitting the beers. That's all, really. Yeah, we were hitting I mean, the whiskey. I feel like it took us like forever to get down, like to get to the point where we were loose enough to just be hitting balls. We guys spot remember to what it. you ended up with, like what your score was. Nope. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were like we didn't do like awful. I remember there was one. It was it was it was legendary. Nick Wright sunk this. It was a pretty long putt. It was eagle. It was on the front nice. nine. We just like lost it, man. I've never been so excited playing golf. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> I think I think my drive was the one that we did. I had a really good drive off the tee, and then. My short game sucks, so somebody else did the short game. And then we got on the green, and Nick sunk it for uh, Eagle. It was pretty awesome. Awesome, dude. We need to get our shit together this, this year, man. I'm going to go for a hole. In, I'm going to do the hole-in-one challenge. Uh, That's going to be, like, my big thing this year, I think. Is there a hole-in-one challenge at the outing? I don't remember if there is. Yeah, there's, there is. There's a closest to the pin, probably. Yeah, I don't know if there's a hole-in-one. I guess technically, if you get in a hole in one, you win the closest to the pin. So I mean, unless someone else does it, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, every time it feels like it's that freaking it's the longest par three, right? Normally, that's what it is. Yeah, they usually don't make it super easy on you. They do not. It, it's on like 
you're way elevated on the hill and then you're once you get to the bottom like that's where your challenge is or whatever like okay well if i hit this fucking thing like 200 yards you know i might pick a good club this year maybe i'll go with like a like a five iron and try to nail that fucker you know that's a little uh a little long for part three right. it depends how you far you hit your five iron that, that's true everyone's different I yeah mean, david not, not even close to bombing balls guys nick should know that <laughs> i'm not driving anything 200 300 yards so well at least you're not david he's a, a driver on some poor threes hey you gotta, you gotta whatever do. gets you there <laughs> yeah he pops it up i don't know how he pops it up Nick, I I remember you're pretty you're pretty power hitter off the tee. Are you still hit pretty good drives? Yeah, I've been working on it. I I've been hooking them lately. Lately, I've been watching some videos and stuff, and hopefully, I can fix it. But yeah, I still hit some pretty some bombs every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, I remember you hitting some bombs. Nick, didn't you say something about having a driver for me? Yes, I have a an old driver that no one uses. Used to be my driver, used to my dad's driver, but I don't use it. I'm sure when I have a problem with you having it. Just an old ass. It's probably from the 90s, honestly. It's an old Taylor made driver. Okay. That sounds sick. Uh, I need to go like. Driver. Yeah, I need to get a custom fit set, I think. I mean, once <laughs> I start getting the money, then I'll, then I'll fucking. Break out your wallet. No yeah, shit. No shit. <laughs> Jeez, those are expensive. Do you know how much dad paid for his? A lot. But that's golf clubs, man. That's new custom golf clubs. That's that golf is, is a rich man's sport. It is. I mean, I mean it can be. It's like anything. You can spend as much money as you want. But it definitely caters to a high income demographic. And they they don't sure. care how much shit costs. Right. They like the premium stuff. I mean, I wish I could go golfing all the time. Oh, yeah. I, I, w I would love to go golfing more, but it's expensive. It is. It's just I can't go every weekend and be, like, broke, man. For sure. I mean, like, it's fun. What would be nice is if you, like, if people didn't take and go to the golf ranges where you practice hitting and just fucking take up all the bays. Like, and that's what they do to, like, blow, blow off steam instead of, like, going golf. Because when Nick and I went, like, every fucking bay was taken up, and there was, like, 20 minutes to close. Dang. You remember that, Nick? Yeah, dude. Oh, where we, we going? Up, like, Woods? No, 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 no. At, out at the ranch when we went. Oh, yeah, dude. It was, it was a madhouse. And, and the only reason we got a bay was because this dude was walking off when we were walking in. He's like, hey, take my stall. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and we had to share it. <laughs> yeah, Nick got a lot of fucking balls to hit that day because I only hit, like, I think 20 out of, like, the 170 or something like that that they give you. Jesus. That was four the next day, dude. I always make the mistake of getting a large bucket, and I'm just gassed, like, a quarter of the way in. I'm like, dude, I should have got a small bucket because, like, I'll just be super tired. It's like, why did I get the large bucket? And never get a large bucket before, like a like a like a round, and then you'll be like fucking sore shit and oh, tired. Yeah, I honestly like I don't even take practice swings anymore, like on the course, because it just gets into my head. I just get it over with. 
think this year sometimes. I'm going to just kind of try to do that. Like zero thinking, just walk up, make sure my feet are pointed straight at the ball and then just fucking yeah, don't overthink crack it. it. You I feel like most of the time, yeah, I feel like most of the time it's like you get up there and you start thinking like everyone's watching me. And then you start getting in your own head, like, don't hook it, don't hook it, don't hook it, or don't fuck this up. And then you end up like missing the ball or you fucking hook it like extreme. It feels like the ones where you just kind of walk up there and just fucking jack the ball. Those are the ones that you kill and you do like the best job on. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it is. That's kind of what I, I do when I drive. But every time. I don't time... know that a, a practice swing is like the best thing for you. Well, like Alex said, I think that you can like end up getting into your head. Yeah. Like, oh man, that might have been my best swing. Uh, what if this isn't the good swing that I just needed and I, I had my best swing there? Because it depends on the person. <laughs> it is a mental game. Oh, 100%. The pros do it, right? So that's kind of a big thing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but they also don't do like five of them. They walk up, they do like one, and then they just are like, okay, I'm good. And then they fucking do it. But those guys, they're, are, doing. they're straight laser focused, man. Like, they they know exactly how their body works and like if they're feeling it or not. Like I yeah, feel so like before they even go to the course, they're like, "Well, we're gonna fucking suck today." <laughs> I saw this guy on uh, in the U.S. Open. He he was doing pretty good. He was like in the top three, and then he had like three bad shots, and he and then he was like, "Fuck it," and then he just fucking shanked oh, yeah, him left and guy, right. Yeah, he fell apart. He did. It's hilarious to watch. Did you guys watch uh, Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Bill Mickelson with uh, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers yesterday? No, I didn't. That looked pretty interesting, though. How'd that go? Uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Rodgers freaking destroyed Phil. Really? Brady. Yeah. Damn. It said like at at, like the whole nine, it was a wash. And then what I read was that. they basically just took over at the end and Rogers caught fire sinking like long putts and shit like that. Like he didn't miss yesterday. Let me see if I can pull that up. At least it's another thing that Brady can't say he won. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so side note, not really a side note. Cause it's actually on topic. What are your guys' thoughts on ice in whiskey? Is it like, I think, which, if you want to think- do it, do it. Yeah, I think you should drink your whiskey how you like to drink it. I don't care what you do. I mean, Phil drinks all his whiskey and Diet Coke. And I don't, I mean, I mean, there's a big stigma in the whiskey community. Some people, like the stingier people, are like, you gotta have it neat. You gotta have it neat. Right. But if it's how you enjoy it, just do your thing. Are you seeing this? What's that? DeChambeau oh. hitting a fairway wood on the 392 yard par four. Uh, oh, damn. And then they just I just saw that Brady hit a 350 yesterday. Drive? Yeah. I just saw no this. No way. Tom, Tom Brady crushes 390 yard tee shot. What? Come on. Fucking that's, hell, no, dude. No. These guys aren't even fucking professional golfers. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that's like... That's a long drive. That's like competition-level driving. There's no fucking... Oh! Way. Fuck. It was Bryson DeChambeau's. Like, his was super long yesterday. 
Yeah, he lost, but he hit a 400-yard drive. No, DeChambeau. Oh, you're talking about fucking Brady? Fuck Brady. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Brady. Brady started the day with two pressure shots, including the number nine, or number three, 392. There was a whole thing that I was reading that freaking DeChambeau walked up and just fucking ripped one. And he was mad because he almost hit like a certain mark. What course did they play? Uh, it know? was in it was in Big Sky, Colorado. Moonlight Basin. That's what okay. it's Whatever that is. Okay. Okay, yeah, I see it now. I love to go golf in Colorado, but there's like a ton of good spots. Oh, if you're high enough in altitude, you can get some longer drives, man. Oh yeah. I think Dad said he played out in Colorado once, and his drives were like crazy long because the that's probably why those their, their drives were so long. Oh yeah, that's probably why it was like a that's gotta be three ninety drive. Yeah, it was in Colorado. That didn't count. Look at this. It does not count. Thing. You know that they're coming down this hill. Just fucking rip it. <laughs> yeah, dude, get, get out of here. I mean, uh, shit was. When I was reading the articles last night, like they were so well laid out on telling you exactly what happened. And today it feels like they just shit stuff out. <laughs> like, fuck these guys. You don't need to know how long they did this or that. But there's a lot of shit talk in this, and it apparently it was like electric to watch. And I wish that I had TNT because I definitely would have watched it. That would have played on TNT? Yeah, which is like, it was at, on TNT. On TNT, and it started at five o'clock Eastern time. So it's like a very odd time, considering that like Brady and uh, Rogers are both California guys. I don't know if uh, DeChambeau is or if uh, Phil and is. And they were either. playing in uh, was it the, what Colorado? What zone they are? They they're in our. Is Colorado an hour behind or two hours behind? Uh, I think it's two. Yeah, I think it's mountain time, right? Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, mountain time. That sounds right. I could watch that. I could probably pull it up on my fire stick. I'm trying to find this fucking like how long DeChambeau hit it, because I know that they said that it was just a massive drive yesterday. Uh like it's they said that it would have been his longest of all time or some shit like that. Yeah, high altitude Colorado. Like, of course you're gonna hit bombs. Ah, fuck These it. twins were made the most beautiful. What? It's just fucking ads at the bottom. <laughs> so stupid. Doctors hate this hack. Skin hack. Dermatologists hate this. Hot single ladies in your area. <laughs> there are three right now that want you. Come get them. <laughs> Fuck. Ads are terrible. Like, and they're like, you know, you see, like, you're scrolling down and it says, like, uh, something, something, something about some girl. And then she's wearing, like, a thong. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why is that on here? You're always trying to reel you in with, like, a half naked lady or something, dude. It's annoying. 
Yeah, you feel like you're doing something wrong because it's like you're just scrolling, but it's right there. <laughs> that chat is like one of the worst for that, dude. Snapchat Discover is trash. I have never gone into Snapchat Discover. Then don't. Yeah, it's I don't, not like. I'm not, I don't think I have either. I barely yeah, use Snapchat, man. It's a, it's a young man's game. It is. It's kind of like Ellie's generation, Gen Z. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand it, really. Like, sending. I mean, it's kind of like friends. Yeah. But you can send it to, like, I don't know. Like, I'll do stupid stuff on it every now and again, but I can't see using it every day. No. Like, I, I could justify it, like, once a month, but for the most part. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of my game. You see once people that are, like, they're like, oh, I got a 175-day streak. That's so fucking much. Yeah, Jesus. no, people, people snap me. I don't snap them back. Like, I guess that's rude, apparently. But not me. I probably won't snap you back, and it's not—it's nothing against you. It's just I don't know how to use it. <laughs> you just text him like, "Yeah, I don't know how to use this," but yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, well, cool. like girls have a leg up on it, right? Because they know how to do angles and stuff like that, and like make everything look cool. But for guys, like I feel like we have just the base. Like, look at it and take a picture of yourself, and it still looks like shit, no matter what you do. It's always gonna look like shit. <laughs> There's some funny-ass filters on there, though. Oh, yeah, the filters are fun, yeah. Have I sent you guys... Alex, I don't know if I have you on there, but I know I have Nick. Have I sent you the crackhead thing that I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, not, I feel hilarious. like that's... Huh? I've not had the pleasure. Oh, dude, I get on there, and it's it changes your voice to a higher pitch, and it, like, takes your teeth away. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. It's all huge. So... That's I just great. do stupid shit on there. If I get like a French fry one, I'll do some shit. Like, uh, it's it's fun to just like do random shit that no one probably thinks about. And you're just, oh, dude, I did a peanut butter one where it was like a GIF bottle. I was like I, an, an orange, orange thing. Yeah, we yeah, put a face okay. on it, and I was like, "Tuesday yeah. moms, Tuesday <laughs> because it was like I'm extra thick." And extra oh. jumpy. And that was it. And that's all I did. I just fucking sent it to a bunch of people. <laughs> and I got I got so many responses from people like, this is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my buddies was like, dude, send this to me. This is fucking hilarious. And he posted it on Facebook. I don't know how many views it's gotten. I assume it probably went nowhere. But I thought it was fucking funny. I'll try to find it and send it to you, Alex. Okay. Okay, so a whiskey question. Yes. Um I listened to your Ragged Branch episode and it was very intriguing. Um are those easy to find? No, you can't find them anywhere outside Virginia. No shit. You can order yeah. them. Though. Yeah, you can order them online, but you can't like find them in store. Damn it. Because there were you talking about one that was like, isn't there one that's like wine wine barrel finish? Mm-hmm. I, like that sounded really good. It was good. I, I feel like they use like a really dry wine because you can kind of taste some wine yeah, notes to it. Talking about that, but it was it was definitely different, definitely different than like an Angel's Envy, which I is like, like sweeter. I do like an Angel's Envy. It's very good. It is good, but this is just. I mean, all their whiskeys are just completely different than like. Paper the norm. 
Yeah. I just like like the it just seems like unique. It just seems kind of a cool like farm to table. That's pretty cool and unique. Oh, awesome. Yeah. A lot of the guys like in the bourbon groups that I've been, I've recommended it to them and they're like, This shit is awesome. After they drank it, they're like, This is one of the best whiskeys I've had. So it's kind and of cool to to see like other people either ordering it or like going there and trying it and being like that shit was so good and unique. Uh one guy said stumble upon it. Huh? Didn't you just kind of stumble upon it when you were down? Yeah, there? when I was yeah, when I was driving by, I saw the sign and I was like, Oh, that sounds cool. So it's like one of the guys that I was serving with was like, I need to go get a bottle for my stepdad. So him and I took a two hour trip up there to go get some bottles and try out the whiskey and see how it was. And then they ended up sending Nick and I some samples and then lately like sending us just different bottles. That's awesome. Uh, one of the guys in the bourbon society group of Cincinnati, he, he picked up the uh, ragged branch signature edition and he said it's he's never finished a bottle so fast in his life wow so like it's it's fucking amazing and the fact that this didn't win like a a double gold is just blasphemous because it's super good if you when, next time you come over alex i'll give you a, a little bit so you can try it okay cool thanks man because i mean we have it i think nick said he was talking he was thinking about ordering some yeah i might what's it is in Ohio weird money. with that though? With order like online, per- with- not anymore. It was really? before COVID, but then they signed in that thing where you could order uh, alcohol. Oh yeah, house. that's good. That's so good. now you can order shit to Ohio, but it was like that it's before. Things had to become cool. fucking secret. Yeah, it is. Ohio is get- really weird with liquor, man. It, it they are, dude. They mean, are. If you, if you can order it, you should be able to get it. Yeah. So, um, what would be a good next step for a relatively easy to find? like? Well, I live in Cincinnati. I I can drive to Kentucky in twenty minutes. Is that a like? Is that gonna open up more opportunities? Oh, a little yeah. bit, yeah. Oh no, because I mean, like Nick, you're you're not thinking about it in like the the right way. Because he's gonna have if you go to Kentucky, you have a full full line of pinhook which everything oh, yeah, that we've had from true. them has been awesome you get uh bowman brothers i mean you get a lot more whiskeys because that's all made there uh right. you'll have like willet um i tried willet a long time ago i don't remember if i liked it or not people in kentucky like routinely get freaking stag jr and they routinely get freaking buffalo trace and eagle rare and just like hard to get stuff. When when Nick and I went down, we bought our freaking bottle of Booker's down there for sixty five bucks a bottle. Is that yeah. that's good or bad? That's, that's super uh, cheap. That's like Jim Beam's version of Blanton's. Okay. All right. No, I'm literally writing this down. So what? What? What did you guys recommend? Oh, Pinhook for sure. That's like that's a great one. I would maybe dip your toes around here first, see, see what you can find, and kind of familiar yourself with some brands, some bottles. Uh, one of our favorite, like, budget ones is Evan Williams' Alden Bond. Find the white label. That's the one. Yeah. I'll open so many doors for you. You know what? I've had the white. I think I tried it with you guys. It was pretty good. Yeah. It's a I've had, definitely... I've had, I've had the green many times. Oh, really? Yeah, when I was in South Carolina uh, for that short period of time, that was pretty common. Okay, because that's kind of hard to find around here. 
I think that's a step below the black label. It is. It's the lowest of the low. Ah. And also Evan or yeah, Evan Williams uh vintage, the single barrel is amazing. That's like another one. I mean, it, we're lucky that it sits on a shelf because that is so good at $28 a bottle. If you don't have a lot of money on it, Ezra Brooks is a really good budget one too. Yeah, 14 bucks for the small one. Anyway, uh, Nick, carry on with this. I would love to hear what you guys talk about, but I got to hop off because I think Cassandra needs help. Yeah, I don't have a lot of time either. Sarah needs my help with some shit too. So we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Guys, make sure to uh, listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Reaper, on all the major platforms. And if you're listening on YouTube, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, comment down below. Or you can email us at whiskeywarehouseus at gmail.com. And we also got some merch. Uh, that's at uh, just click in the description of any of our YouTube videos. It'll be linked down there. Uh, we appreciate you all listening. And uh, Alex, thanks uh, so much for joining us, man. It was good to have you on, kind of get off topic from whiskey for a change. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, I hope to be on again. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to kind of explore your whiskey journey and see where you end up. Yeah, we'll do like kind of a regency. I'll I'll come on every once in a while, check in. Yeah, yeah. sounds great, man. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate you. I'll see you guys soon, I'm sure. Yep. For we'll sure. See you, buddy. All right. See you guys. I'm out, Nick. All right. I'll hop Bye, off guys. here soon. We'll see you. Bye. All right, Craig. It's time for you to go, too, buddy. Gotta tell you what to do. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be. Uh, Stay tuned till next week. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll find out. We'll see you. See you, Craig.